This is just your weekly reminder that we post every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube for the full video visuals. You can now follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Nothing But Controversy. And if you just want to link to all of our social media platforms, go to our Instagram and uh, go into our bio and the link is there and it'll give you the link tree to all of our links. Well, what's up guys? And welcome to episode 14 of the Nothing But Controversy podcast. Uh, this week we're filming on Sunday as it is Selection Sunday. So we're, uh, we're about to watch that show right after this podcast. And uh, yes, I am wearing green. It is uh, St. Patty's Day on Wednesday. And I am feeling lucky for the record. But anyways, we are officially 178 days away from the start of the 2021 NFL regular season. Time is flying. It's getting closer, and free agent frenzy starts soon. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Anyways, before we jump into our first segment, uh, I told the boys we're going to have uh, a little four-way uh, March Madness bracket challenge going on here. Um, and basically, it's just going to be the four of us and nothing but controversy in the group. And there's going to be a not necessarily a prize for the winner, but more a punishment for the loser. So how... The ESPN tournament challenge works is that it works by like point systems. So like if your team that you pick to win the championship gets eliminated super early, like you're losing points hard. But every time like you go forward and your guys make it farther, you win points. If that makes sense, like that's the way it works. So we're going to say the person with the least amount of points loses. And the punishment, these guys haven't heard the punishment yet, but the punishment for the loser is on any episode like just one episode that the winner chooses the loser has to wear a jersey of the winner's favorite football team or a, like with a hat whatever memorabilia you got you got to lend it to your guy all right loser's gonna have to wear um, that during a whole podcast and feel the shame and i would I was, just love to see like cam win and shane lose or the opposite just just so i could see them wear the opposite team's memorabilia that'd be mad oh, I, okay. I was i was waiting for you to say like someone has to do a podcast shirtless or something i'm like <laughs> all right i i, I like that i'll yeah. do that yeah. i just I'm also ready. fun fact random fact last year in the first round i only i predicted every game right except for two i predicted like every random. game right too because there was none what okay two years ago all right. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll go on to our first segment. And it's a segment we do every week, of course. And that is our question of the week. This week, the question of the week is more of an open question. And it's, it's kind of interesting. But it's who is a player in any sport that is not necessarily like a lock for Hall of Fame, but you strongly believe deserves to be inducted? I'm going to go first, and I think you guys are going to like me for this because uh, I am not a Toronto Raptors fan whatsoever. And to me, maybe you guys think he's a shoe-in Hall of Famer. I, I don't – I think he's, like, on the fence of being a Hall of Famer, but this is my case for him. To me, Kyle Lowry absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame um, because he is the greatest Raptor of all time, in my opinion. Um, I've, I always hated the Raptors, as like I said, but I've always – really liked and respected his game. Like it's, it's, it's not a guy you could really like cheer against. I find. And like, he does have a ring as well to add to his resume. Um, so that's why I think he, he deserves to be in there. I'd be honestly, I, I would be surprised if he didn't get in, but uh, 
I, I think he really deserves to. I think more than, than more people like give him credit for. And I think they just, it's also because he plays for the Raptors, right? And no one really covers the Raptors down in the States. No one really cares about them. Obviously, we talk about him a bunch and we think this way because we're Canadians. But like, I don't know. I feel like he doesn't get the res- respect he deserves. I like that answer a lot. And the thing I love about Kyle the most is how he actually turned his career around when he got to Toronto because not a lot of people know this, again, because they don't cover the Raptors as much, but he was like a, a problem in the locker room, problem off the court kind of guy in, in Houston and all that. And I think he played for Memphis as Memphis, well. Yeah. yeah, but he was not like – his career very well could have been over if he kept on that track. So just the way he turned his career around too, I really, really respect that. And that's a huge part of, uh, you know – why I think he's a Hall of Famer as well. Um, mine, it's it's a little bit more of a joke, but it's not really a joke. I've seen articles going around about it uh, lately, and that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, not not Hall of Fame stat-wise by any mean, um, but just what he's done for the NFL and how he's done it and how many teams he's done it for and how, you know, he's never been a fantastic, great quarterback, but he's consistently been a good quarterback for all these teams and just – you know, making like that journeyman kind of uh, experience. Um, I think he just belongs in the NFL, in the Hall of Fame, not for his accomplishments, but just for what he's done for the NFL, if that makes sense. No, yeah. I, I think it's like not a lot of guys make a career out of being a journeyman, you know, yeah. so I, I like it. I respect his game a lot. He's, he's uh, the Kevin Glenn of the NFL. <laughs> but in the CFL, everyone does that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to stick with the quarterback weave, and I'm not sure if you're going to like me, Dawson, but Philip Rivers, I'm not sure if he's a lock. There's so many guys in this generation that are that are like locks. You have Roethlisberger, Eli. Peyton was a little bit before Rivers, but Brady, Breeze, like the list goes on with them. I think he's he's in their shadow because he never did win a ring, but yeah, to me, he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's been great for so many years. Obviously, his arm's starting to give out on him. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I hate watching him throw, but no denying the excellence. So I like that. Even if he didn't play for the Colts. Even if he didn't play for the Colts last year, I really like he's always been like a top ten quarterback in the league. Always, 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 every year that he's played. I like that match. There was a Hall of Fame for having uh children. (laughs) He would be in there. Cromarty. (laughs) Philip Rivers. Uh to be hundred percent honest with you, I had Philip Rivers also. Uh, and it came down to me is everybody knows I'm a Giants fan and everybody says Eli's going to go in. But the only difference between Eli and Phillip Rivers is the two rings. Yeah. Rivers threw for more yards in his career and more touchdowns and less interceptions. And Phillip Rivers is top 10 in wins all time as a starting quarterback. And he has 17 more than Eli does. So the only difference, the only reason I see Phillip Rivers not making it is because of, because yeah, he doesn't have a ring. Did did Eli end his career exactly at 500? Yeah, he ended 117 and 117. That's crazy. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, too, for the record. But. That's yeah. The only thing with Philip Rivers is, like like I said, there's just so many other guys from this generation that are, like, like shoe-ins for the Hall of Fame. Like, no yeah. doubt. Like, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Payton. Well, Payton's already in, but – or he will be announced. Yeah. And also, like, it just – we'll see how many, like, tries he gets, but – I hope he gets in. Yeah. Speaking of Giants, just random, is Tiki Barber in the Hall of Fame, Shane? He is not. He's not? I don't think so, no. No? Mm. I liked all those answers. Matt, respect. I like the Kyle Lowry answer. Yeah, I don't know. He was the first first name that came to my mind. But uh, honestly, I think he'll get in. But all right. 
let's just move on. And uh, we're going to go to our second segment. It's kind of just like a new one that we're, uh, we're just throwing in there. It's a random segment. Um, and it's basically, what would be your all-time dream starting lineup in the NBA? So we're going to go with a starting five and a sixth man. That's what I, that's what I, oh, I wanted clarification on something. Is it someone who played six man his whole career? No. Or like if someone left out of your top five, you can someone throw left out of your top yeah. five. Okay, cool. <laughs> Everyone would put Lou Williams. In yeah. Here, so. <laughs> I, I did put Lou Williams to be honest. I, I just <laughs> like it. I just respect it, bro. I just yeah. respect it. Okay. It, it takes a lot of like, not everyone can come off the bench. Like it's high character for sure. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I feel like I have a list that it's hard to argue with, but it's also like, it's kind of weird. Okay. So at point guard, I have Steph Curry. Okay. Um, I figured I needed three point shooting and who else, who's better that to put than the best shooter of all time. Right. So that's honestly, that's my reason. Yeah. I think he just, I've, I've said it before on the podcast. I think he's really great without the ball too. And uh, he seems like a great guy to have in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like everyone's going to have like MJ at shooting guard and LeBron at small forward. I mean, that's, that's what I have. Um, not really. It's, it's not really, I don't really need to explain it. I don't think it's the top two players of all time. And yeah, um, here's where it gets kind of interesting. Um, at power forward, I put Tim Duncan. To me, he's the greatest, like, power forward of all time. Like, like listed as power forward, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not, he's not the best big man of all time, in my opinion, but he's, he's up there. I think Tim Duncan is just, he's a great, first of all, he's a great leader. He has winning experience, and he's great on defense. And, you know, it's, it's Tim Duncan. It's, it, I feel like all the guys that we say are, are not going to be really, like, to argue with, but... yeah. Um, at center, I feel like this was the hardest one for me. I'm yeah. put Shaq. Um, I just think that Shaq's the most dominant player of all time, and there's no one who's, who could physically stand with him. His his genes make no sense. His, his like, abilities makes no sense. And at 6'9", I put Magic Johnson. Because to me, I just wanted to put a guy who's, who's going to come off the bench and immediately make everyone better. And there's one, when you're thinking about someone who makes up, like, who's a teammate that makes people better, you think of Magic and LeBron James. Like, like Magic is like a, it's like, a, LeBron James is a, l- a little bit of a better Magic Johnson, in my opinion. You know, like, he's a bigger, like, stronger Magic Johnson. But Magic Johnson was phenomenal when he played. Like, there was two guys I left off my list that I felt definitely needed to be mentioned. It was Larry Bird and uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, to me, the greatest scorer of all time. And, I just I didn't have a place where I could put him in, and uh, that's why I left him off. Well, let's stop the Kobe slander right now. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my list. Steph Curry at point guard, like Matt said, nothing to add. The greatest shooter of all time. Amazing when he doesn't have the ball. Always moving. Great leader. Great guy. But again, when you're talking about arguably six top ten players of all time, you know leadership and and winning experience doesn't really matter because they're all great leaders have won before uh shooting guard mj without a doubt um i somewhat cheated i guess um small forward i have kevin durant and then power forward i have lebron just because i know lebron's not listed and probably has never been listed as a power forward but the guy is fucking huge he can definitely absolutely play power forward uh at center i have Shaq, the absolute most dominant player of all time i think like not even close for me. And then at six, man, I have Kobe. 
who better to lead an entire second unit, use that coming off the bench as a little little anger boost for him, lead the second unit, you know, compete with MJ, KD, Steph for, to jump into the starting lineup, you know. Um, I think he'd be a sweet six man, so I have Kobe I like as my six man. I would like to be there for that conversation when you tell Kobe he's coming Fuck. off the bench. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, I completely forgot about Kobe. <laughs> that's crazy. My bad. Not even in your honorable mentions. That's wild. That's what I meant. Like, I forgot. I about know, him. I know. I would have put him in there, I guess. But uh, I stick by my uh, my six guys. All right. Like, uh, mine's, not, mine's not terribly different from you guys. I have Steph at, at PG. Uh, Mike at, at shooting guard, obviously. A small forward at Braun. A power forward at KD. And center at Shaq. My six nine is Lou Will, just because I respect the shit. I just respect it that he's made a career out of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Renamed the award after him. But yeah, honorable Absolutely. mentioned all those guys that we all mentioned too. This was hard for me, honestly. Like I, I think, was... yeah. Like I'll wait for Shane to go, but I wonder if we asked like thirty-five-year-olds and forty-year-olds how much different their answers would be. For sure. Like, would they have magic over Steph? Would they have? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm very curious. I I kind of like cheated a little bit. I have two guys in in positions that they don't actually like weren't really listed at. But at one I do at point guard I do have Magic Johnson. I don't know. To me, he just kind of changed like you know having a big body run the floor. Like he kind of changed the NBA in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like like you guys said, he was LeBron before LeBron. So if that if he didn't do that, would LeBron be doing what he is now? Like we don't know, right? So I put him at, at one. At shooting guard, I put MJ. Obviously, that was probably the easiest one I would have had to put in. Uh, at, at my three, I, I have Kobe. Uh, one of the like best scorers ever. I can't keep him off my team. At power forward, I have LeBron. Like Dawson said, he's just an absolute bully on the court. He can play all five positions. But at center, I have Shaq also. Prime Shaq was probably the most dominant player in NBA history. Like, it wasn't even fair. At six, I have the best scorer, Kevin Durant. I, I couldn't find a, a way to put him in. I wasn't putting him over Kobe. Uh, so he's going to have to lead the second unit for me. I like that list, too. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like, which is going back to what you said, Dawson, about if we asked like 35 and 40-year-olds, yeah. there's a lot of people like it's very, like, that think that Hakeem is better than Shaq. Yeah. Like, yeah. a lot of people, like, it's probably, like, 50-50 what people think about that debate. Yeah, probably. Um, here we go. All right, man. I mean, that's, uh, that, was a good, that was a good little segment there. I think uh, there wasn't a lot of controversy there. But, uh, you know, I mean, my bad, Kobe. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't mention you. But uh, I, I wish I could have seen Larry Bird, what he, what he would have done in, like, today's NBA. I just wish we, we had, a, like, a, a big character like that, you know, like – yeah, kill like the the my favorite quote is what he was like, is what he was uh was he was in the sh- uh, three point contest. They were saying it a bunch, uh like two weekends ago, at the all star. He's like Larry Bird would walk in and be like, "Who's shooting for second or, or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was mad jokes. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I guess we'll move on to our third segment, and that's uh, a segment, of course, we do every week, and that's our bold prediction of the week. All right, so uh, this week, uh, my bold prediction is uh is uh, I'm, I'm pulling a, a page out of shaner's book and uh and pulling a future bold prediction well, we now that, I know that cam newton is going back to the patriots my bold prediction 
is that he is going to lead them to the playoffs as a wild card. I don't think it's bold. I, I do think it's bold I as well. I think that's bold. bold. It's not our. It's not my lock of the week. It is a bold prediction, though. You know. They do have sixty million cap. I see. I could definitely see it happening. Put some respect Easily. on my boy's name. Yeah. Easily. Okay, I like that one. I well, actually, I don't like that one, but because fuck the Patriots. But um, I'm going against the team that you know serviced me great last week for my lock of the week, the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Today, if you're listening on Tuesday, March 16th, the Avalanche play the Anaheim Ducks. I think the Ducks beat the Avalanche. That's all I got. Fair enough. I mean, weirder we'll things have happened. We'll see. Did not like sweating out the lock last week after mm-hmm. missing on like three in a row. Oh, Goss's bold prediction was one game too early. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's an unwritten rule that we can't ride this ride our same one out two weeks in a row, but I'm doing it anyways. Zach Ertz will be traded this week. The Eagles said they're not letting him. They said they're not letting him go, so he's gonna get traded. I think he, it reports came out that said he's getting antsy to get out of there. So, what do you think he'll be traded but, for? Like, huh? What do you think he'll be traded for? They said so. The Eagles were looking for a three or a four, and no one's budging on that. So probably five. Hopefully a five. I would give a fifth. Huh? I'll give a four. I would give a five. I would give a four as well. Yeah. It's just the only thing is he's making a nap. So yeah. a little bit steep for teams that are up against the cap. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that need tight ends this year. Like, and there's also a lot of tight ends on the market. Like I think John is going to free agency now. Yeah. Yeah. Henry. Yeah. Eric Cook. That guy. Yeah. All right, Shane. Let's hear it. March Madness starts this week. Mm. Old prediction. A 16 beats a one. Interesting. I kind of like well, that. Which one loses? Gonzaga, Illinois, Michigan. Who's the other one right now? Probably Is Baylor. Baylor? Yeah. Yeah, Baylor. Well, it's not going to be Baylor. Oh, yeah. Gonna be Michigan. I mean, I'll, I'll wait for the, uh, the, the bracket Imagine. to be released. I like that. That's a good bold prediction. It's only happened once ever. And really? He came back the next year and won. Virginia lost uh, – who was it? I forget. I don't even know. Hmm. Yeah. It's happening again. All right. Very interesting. I hope it's not Gonzaga because, uh, spoiler alert, they're my pick to win. <laughs> yeah, that, would, that would ruin literally everybody's bracket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no matter what, it's going to ruin everyone. Well, when Virginia well, – yeah. When Virginia lost, they were like the number one ranked. Not not just a number one. They were the number one in the country. That's why it was such so shocking. And, and of course, it had never happened until that point. I mean, good on them for coming back and winning it next year. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of like that. It was a very out of the box uh, bull prediction, Shaner. Respect, Shaner. You look lovely. That's all I gotta say. All right. Welcome. All right. Let's move on to our next segment. And uh, that's a segment that we have done a couple times and uh, we started doing it differently where we'd add polls to our Instagram page. Uh, and it's this or that. So this is just a reminder to go follow us on Instagram at Nothing But Controversy if you wanna be a part of the polls that we post and the debates that we have. Um, we now tell you what the public said and how they voted on the specific topics that we did. Um, this week we did two different like types of conversations. 
Um, the first conversation was, will these players start the season on their teams that they are now or another team? Um, and then the other one was, are these teams contenders or pretenders for the Super Bowl? So the first one, um, will Odell, oh, there's your test from Dawson. Will Odell Beckham Jr. start the season as a Cleveland Brown or other? Uh, for the record, the public said 86% are voting with Odell sticking with the Browns. 14% other. 3-2-1, raise him. Interesting. Okay, so wow. I have myself and Dawson have the Browns. Cam and Shane have other. Um, to me, this is purely if I was the GM for the Browns, I'd want to keep him. Um, just because I think you got to give him at least another year to come back. And I just can't stand the stigma that some people are saying like that Odell makes teams worse because of his personality. I hate that because to me, Odell Beckham Jr. When healthy is a top seven receiver in this league. He is so explosive when he played with like, he was literally the NFL like five years ago. Like he was the old, like one handed catches. People literally say, I just Odell that, like, you yeah. know, like, and to me, like, you've only heard that once. It was Mossed and Odell. Yeah, like, and it's just, if I would, if, if, if to me, the only way he leaves, if he wants out, in my opinion, like that's the only way I would let him go. I would obviously, I would hundred percent keep him, let him come back healthy because he's gonna be hungry on an already pretty decently talented Browns team. So, I don't know, I would keep him. Look. I have a message for someone in the NFL, and that message is Tom Brady. Brady, I was just coming around and starting to like you again, or not like you again, like you for the first time. And then you go and you pull this shit that you want Odell Beckham Jr. on your team with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, maybe Antonio Brown, and of a Super Bowl roster. You want to add Odell Beckham Jr. Tom Brady, please. Like, you know you have the team around you right now to win. You don't need to build another superstar, super fucking team receiving squad. You don't need to, okay? Let, let other teams give you competition. Stop trying to force a championship on yourself. Go out, work like you've done for your eight, seven or eight other Super Bowls, and, and just leave, leave the team alone. You don't need Odell. You do not need Odell. Odell does not need you. Um, Odell's going to stay with the Browns. And Tom Brady, you're back in my bad book. So thank you for that. Dawson was just looking for one minor excuse to put Brady back in his no, back. No, but, like, come on. Okay. I, I don't think Odell's bad at all. I don't think he makes teams worse. I don't, I don't buy into any of that. What I will say is Baker Mayfield has – and that offense has looked dysfunctional when Odell is playing for them. It's unfortunate to say because he is, he is amazing, and I do agree with you, Matt. He's, he's top 10, maybe top 7. He's, he's right – he's, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. That being said, the Browns looked really good without him. And I'm not saying it's because he wasn't there, but I'm saying they they got by without him. Donovan Peoples-Jones looks like he's going to be a solid number two for them. Jarvis Landry definitely isn't going anywhere. He's, he's the leader of that team. So, and, and Odell's expensive too. Like, let's not forget that. The cap just dropped big time. There's going to be suitors for him. Tell me about it. And they need help on the defensive side of the ball. Nothing against Odell at all. Nothing against the Browns. I just, I could see them parting ways. Okay, listen. 
there's one guy on this podcast that knows what Odell can bring to a team. It's me. That man was one of the most electrifying players in the NFL when he played in New York. He was New York. He wasn't the NFL. He was New York. Everybody in New York knew who Odell Beckham was, even if you didn't watch football. Okay? The thing I have to say about the Browns is I find that Baker feels forced because of who Odell is. He feels forced to throw the ball to Odell. So you look at his numbers with Odell in the lineup and Odell out of the lineup, he's much better without Odell because he doesn't have to force the ball to Odell. Odell's way too expensive, especially for a team who's very run heavy. They rely way too much on the run to pay a receiver that much money. And they have a lot of holes at linebacker and their DB core is not that great. So they can fix those problems just by getting Odell out, Odell's money off the cap. So I think they should trade him. Do like. I'm not necessarily saying they will. I think they should, though. The one thing I will say is I know Kevin Stefanski really likes him. So that's, that, that'll probably be a little bit of a hurdle, but we will see. I mean, yeah, if I had Odell, too, I wouldn't want to trade him. But yeah, no, no. it's going to make my team better. It, it has to be something you look at. Interesting. I see All both right. sides on this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah same. Mm-hmm. I guess I was more taken as just – I don't know. I, to me, if I have a guy like Odell in my system, I, I'm trying to keep him, I guess. But um, We'll go to our next one, and it's, will Deshaun Watson be a Texan at the start of the year? Or will he be playing for other? Um, the public voted for the Texans at a whopping 7%, and other got 93% of the votes. And let me just tell you, public, I disagree. In fact, okay, so I took the Texans oh, don't. with neither in brackets. I think that it's going to be this between Deshaun and the Texans management. The management are not going to budge on wanting to trade him. Deshaun is not going to budge on wanting to be traded. So he's going to hold out. That is my prediction. That's all I got to say. I said the Texans. Everyone else said other. Okay, so in my defense, I, I think he's going to sit out too, but then technically he's not really playing for anyone, so that would fall under other. That's why I said, okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I just took it as in he's a Texan. <clears throat> Look, he will never put on a Houston Texans jersey again. That bridge is burned. They could, you know, give him a th- fucking $40 million signing bonus. He doesn't care. I think that bridge is completely burned. Um, like I said, I think he will hold out. Because I think the Texans, Texans management are delusional enough to think that, oh, you know what? Maybe if we take him out for dinner and blah, 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 maybe he'll stay. But no, he's, he's done. You have a dumpster fire of an organization. You have the worst owner in the NFL. He's not coming back. Um, so I think he'll hold out because I think they're too stupid enough. They're too stupid to trade him. And they won't end up trading him. So he's not going to play, which is terrible because he's – one of the most exciting and talented players in the NFL, and they're ruining a year of his career. I agree. I will repeat this narrative until the season starts, but the cap drop this year is more significant than anything I think uh, well, I've lived through for sure in terms of how it's going to affect the offseason this year. They're paying him like $36 million or something this year, and I know if they trade him, they don't, lo- like, they don't completely get rid of that contract, but at some point, is it worth trying to make a point to Deshaun Watson or to the rest of the league about your organization? And, 
loot like losing out on that much money because they can they can pretty much scrap it and and try to rebuild from the ground up get some picks back obviously he'd return a lot so to me like maybe it's more hopeful for me because i love Deshaun watson and i hate the texans but i they have to move him like it it makes no sense that they're still in this situation i agree I'm with hoping you for I... him but i also i'm also hoping that it gets in their head that they're wasting a bunch of money by trying to prove a stupid point that's that's I agree with you. It's just I, I feel like I'm when I say that he's like he's not gonna get traded because I'm just banking on the fact that they're gonna yeah no, not no. gonna get through their head that he doesn't want to be there you yeah. know um but also I have a question so if if he holds out like they don't have to pay him though right no, so they, don't have to, no they don't pay his game checks but like signing bonus there's a bunch of like yeah he'll make some money not all of it but yeah okay interesting all right every year this happens. Every year, a team falls in love with a prospect, and the prospect gets taken, taken before them. There's going to be a team that wants Justin Fields or Trey Lance or something, and they're going to fall in love with that quarterback, and that quarterback's going to get taken before them. And then they're going to call Houston, and they're going to say, okay, let's go. Let's bust this out. What do you want? Let's figure this out because we need a quarterback. It happens every year at the draft. Someone gets traded because a team misses out on a guy that they wanted. I think that's going to happen at the draft this year. The Texans are just right now holding on to Deshaun Watson because they know eventually a team's going to be in a position that they get screwed over and they're going to have to give something up. So they're, they're, make, they're driving his price up right now by saying we're not going to trade him because teams are going to be like, hey, we need him. We got to give everything we have to get him. I think, I think you're giving the Texans too much credit. Like, I don't think they're that smart. Like, I, <laughs> I don't think they're that smart. I think, like, they can't make a decision in the five-month offseason. How are they going to make a decision – like in three minutes between picks. You know but what also I mean? to me, like, I, I could definitely see that happening, Shane, like for sure. I do agree with you. It happens every year. But the Texans are missing out on getting the first rounders this year if they do that. And it's a and good class. Listen, I never said they were smart. No, no, yeah, yeah, no. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, though, at all. But I'm just saying, if you're going to move him, move him before the draft <laughs> so you get one of your first rounders back. If not two, you know, like so. I guess we're we're kind of taking it away, but they got a new GM too, right? So like, let's see what let's see what he does, you know. Like maybe he's done some maybe, pretty solid moves. So maybe far. he's gonna take that fire extinguisher behind me and uh, and spray the organization with it a bit, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But uh, I don't know. I, I would love to see that happen. I love draft day trades. Draft day trades are oh, sick. Yeah. Vontae Mac, no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, let's move on. I've officially watched that movie, by the way. <laughs> All right, um, we'll move on to our third, and that's um, will Russell Wilson be a Seahawk or other? The public went 60% Seahawks on this one. And public, I agree with you. I agree as well. Shane does not agree. And Cam agrees. Okay, so here's all what I'm going to say. is It's really short. It's just I think – that the Seahawks would get rid of their entire system before they got rid of Russell yep. Wilson. And I think, and that's what I would do too. To me, like Russell Wilson is a generational talent. He will most likely make it to the hall of fame has he gives that team a better chance at winning the super bowl than most quarterbacks in the league. To me, you just gotta, I just would, I would like also like to see them draft big, like draft big men, you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think he stays with them. I think uh, these rumors are uh, a bunch of BS. But I also heard a rumor saying that Chicago's preparing an offer that they won't be able to refuse, which I am uh, 
intrigued by. Well, Chicago announced they're letting Mitch Trubisky walk this morning. So yeah. they're opening up for something. Look, I don't know how many of you listeners are in a relationship or have been in a relationship, but this Seattle Seahawks-Russell Wilson thing just seems like a fight where neither side knows why they're angry at each other. Like, I get Russ is frustrated in a sense, but he, they've made the playoffs literally every year since he's been there. I think, like, something stupid like that. Like, I, I don't see why they're mad at each other. And, like, it seemed to have come out of nowhere. It's like like the Seahawks woke up one morning and then said, oh, I had a bad dream about Russ, so I'm going to be mad at Russ. Like, and vice versa. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I find it came out of nowhere. And I, I just can't see him being dealt. Like like I said in previous weeks, they would fire Pete Carroll, change their whole system before getting rid of Russell Wilson. So I don't get it. The media completely stirred up. This yeah. Thing. It started after one thing where Russ was like, I got sacked too much, but he wasn't blaming Ola. And he said, I need to be better and we need to be better as a team. Yeah. The media turned that into Russ demanding a trade and publicly saying he hates the Seahawks and whatever. Media's done it before, and obviously they'll do it again. But I, I don't see him leaving. I, I no. If he does, like, let's say he does go to Chicago, how much better is that? Like, they just franchise tagged Allen Robinson, who does That's not want to be there at all. So, like, uh, to me, I don't know, he's way better off staying in Seattle. Well, maybe that uh, changes like Russell Wilson's there. Huh? Maybe yeah, that but... changes Allen Robinson's mind if Russell Wilson's there. Maybe. But, Listen, all I'm saying is I don't actually think he's getting <laughs> traded, but I have to ride with my bold prediction from last week that he would get traded before Deshaun Watson. Also, another thing I thought about before doing this is if Wayne Gretzky could get traded, anybody could get traded. Yeah, I get that. I don't know. For me, it's just – I think it's it's a big media thing. Like, like Russell Wilson could literally be in the Seahawks facility right now laughing with Pete Carroll about how stupid oh, this I is. Agree. Like, we don't know. I agree like, that it's all media. I agree yeah. that this is probably just a made-up stupid thing, but I have to ride with my bold prediction. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, so we'll move on to our last uh, – our last, like, I mean, I guess we did all football players, but um, it's will Sam Darnold be a New York Jet? Um, the public – uh, 40% of them chose the Jets. And the public, uh, I have to say, I disagree with you. I believe he is going to be a New York Jet. Um, okay, so Cam and... Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Cam and Shane took other. I took the Jets, and so did Dawson. Dawson put, he's going to be a backup after week five. The only thing I wrote here is I'm getting a strong like Tua and Fitzpatrick vibe. Like they're yeah. going to take Wilson at two and like groom him, you know? And Darnold's going to be that guy. There's who, a very uh, big difference the... between Ryan Fitzpatrick's mentorship and Sam Darnold's mentorship. I agree. <laughs> but like it's, it's definitely a person in the locker room you can relate to and has experience. A bust? You can relate to a bust? Like I guess. All right. Anyway, I don't know. Like he's he's got what NFL experience. You want to relate to if you just went number two overall. I mean, being an NFL quarterback is a lot more than just what you see on the field. There's a lot of like preparation and you know things like that. Which, no matter how shit you are, because Sam Darnold, let's be real, has been pretty shit. He knows how to be an NFL quarterback off the field. At least I think. So I'm I, saying, guess. I don't think I don't think Sam Darnold would be very happy if the Jets drafted a quarterback. 
I don't see him. Oh, definitely not. I don't see him helping that rookie at all. No, I agree. I agree. But I think the Jets are kind of in not not a Texan situation, but like they they they're overvaluing Sam Darnold right now. I think, and no team is gonna meet their demands, even if he's their backup. So absolutely. To me, first of all, a new head coach usually wants their own guy, which is why I definitely think they'll draft a guy as well or, or trade for Deshaun or whatever, trying to make a big splash. But too much cap, new head coach. I don't see him sticking around. I see it being a Josh Rosen thing, like right around draft time or maybe on draft day, similar to what Shane said before. Like it's going to be, okay, maybe Sam Darnold's not so bad after all. Yeah. But, yeah, I uh, – been a rough start to his career for him. I hope he gets like a spot. I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's like he's made some really flashy plays and he's played some very good games, but we'll see. He needs to land in a good spot. Look, coming from someone who didn't have a quarterback in the not the majority of the offseason, but for a good part of this offseason, not having a quarterback really makes a lot of these available quarterbacks look better than they are. Like of I was course. like, fuck yeah, Sam Darnold. 12 and four, we're going to go to the AFC championship. You know what I mean? But it's not realistic. So some team is going to see Sam Darnold in some crazy, like, oh my God, he's our answer kind of light. And they they might overpay for him. The Bears are going to completely swing and miss on Russ and <laughs> Deshaun Watson and Sam Darnold's going to be their uh, plan C. All right. So we'll move on to our second little uh, discussion topic. And it's, are these NFL teams contenders or pretenders for the Super Bowl? The first uh, team we started talking about was uh, Dawson's Indianapolis Colts. And the public said that uh, 60% of the public thought that they were contenders. And uh, to be honest, public, I agree. Okay. And Dawson, I love you. All right. Love you, boys. We're all contenders. Okay. Um, to me, I think they just have a great roster. They're not done making moves. And with that being, I guess with that being said, me thinking that they're contenders, just me banking on Wentz going off. I mean, it sucks because they do play in the AFC who has the best team in the league. But, I mean, their roster looks really good. I mean, I think they're going to be in the playoffs. I think they're going to win that division. But, um, yeah, I guess they're contenders. Look, anyone who voted pretenders just know I have access to our Instagram and I can see who voted pretenders. So uh, <laughs> expect a message from me in the coming days. But um, no, like for me, pretender uh, contenders is someone who can make it past wildcard weekend and contend to be, you know, in the AFC championship and things like that. I absolutely think the Colts can. And I don't think it relies 100% on Carson Wentz going off. Because Phillip Rivers never went off last year. He had an average season. But the defense, the O-line, when you have a top uh, – you guys can fight me on this – a top three or five defense and a top three or five O-line, you're going to be in every single game. Um, so for that, I think they're definitely uh, contenders. Because, again, and we forget last year, they almost beat the Bills in the first round of the playoffs too. So they can play with anyone. They, they beat the Chiefs two years ago the last time they played. Um, so who knows? We'll see. Obviously, Costanzo is a big loss, but other than that, they're keeping the band together, which I think is like obviously. And we have so much money. Well, that's what I mean. It's so hard to do that. So the Colts are in a better position than than anyone else among like the the big teams, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, just definitely contenders, no doubt about it for me. 
Uh, it wasn't even a debate. I've already said I think Carson Wentz is going to be in the MVP conversation next year. So, all right, respect, boys, respect. All right, so uh, we'll move on to our next team, and that is: Are the Cleveland Browns going to be contenders or pretenders? With the public voting fifty-three percent on the contender side. It's close. It is very close. Feed the public. All right. So Dawson and Shane took contenders. Myself and Cam took pretenders. Cam, to be honest, I'm surprised you picked pretenders. Me too. Um, it's, it's not because they're bad. It's because the AFC is just the AFC around them is way too strong. I don't see them competing with the Colts, the Chiefs, um, even the Bills. Like, it is what it is. But not saying they're a bad team. I'm not saying they're far away, but not this year. To me, like the only thing I have to say is. Um, like, to me, Baker proved me wrong this year. He got a lot better and showed signs of really, like, of being a franchise quarterback. Um, and I'm kind of with you, too. It's just, like, to me, I think they have good recipes for success. They have a great run game, you know? Like, um, to, to, be, to, like, succeed in the playoffs, you need, you need a great run game. They have one of the best. But, like, it's just, I think that there are better teams all around in the AFC, at least, at least three off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, Four, actually, now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe they could surprise, but right now I just have them at it as a, a pretender. And it's, it's a close one, okay? Yeah. It's, not like, it's not like I'm thinking that they suck. They don't. I'm going to let Shane do the majority of our teams arguing because he's just no sports better. But um, I think they'll win the division. And I think anytime you win the division, excluding the NFC East, you're a contender in a sense. Um, so that's the reason I have them as a contender. I think that I, I don't know what the Steelers are going to do this year, and I think they'll be better than the Ravens. So I have them winning the division. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see why they can't make a push potentially playing in an AFC championship. So you never know. And when playoff football comes around, it's anything can happen. I agree that they're going to win the division. The reason I have them on the contenders is because I, I think they're on the – rising and based on the moves that the chiefs have made this off season apparently they watched that super bowl and watched patrick mahomes run for his life and said hey let's just cut our whole o-line they said hey that looks good yeah exactly so uh until patrick mahomes gets an o-line i um they're still contenders obviously but there's room now more than ever for other teams to come in and be contenders um, I'll, I'll go back on what you said about, uh, about that division uh, in a sec, because we're going to be talking about Baltimore later. So I'll, I'll leave that for later. But we'll do our third team, and it's Seattle. And the public went with 53% pretenders. I said contenders. All right, so I said they're contenders. Dawson, Cam, and Shane all said pretenders. What I'm going to say, okay, is I'm, I, I just want them to get a better O-line because I, I, I think that Russ has been running for his life. But I'm, I'm, I think that Russ is going to – I mean, I already said it. He's going to stay with the Seahawks. And I think any team with, with Russ has a chance at winning playoff games and their receiving core is retarded. Like, DK and, and Lockett are disgusting. Mm-hmm. But like I said before, I'd like to see them draft some big men. But uh, – uh, the only thing is they play, in my opinion, the hardest division in football now. But, uh, but yeah, 
Uh, I'm not mad that you guys said pretenders, though. I, I, I don't know. I, I think they could contend. I think they could contend with anyone, honestly. So that's why, that's why I said it. The, the only reason I had pretenders is, like, if they were a superstar team and they played in that division, then yeah. But they're an above-average team that are playing above-average teams four times a year, like twice a year each, so four games a year. So that's good. Like, that's a tough schedule already. Um, yeah, and the, the, the receiving core is amazing, but the, the team was never in sync, right? The first half of the season, the offense was incredible and the defense sucked. Yeah. And then the second half of the season, the offense was uh, sucked and the defense was great. Like, if they can come and play at the same time together, great, then yeah. But there, there, there was never a sync last year with the Seahawks where they were on all game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Both sides of the ball, too, so. That's why I have them pretenders. If they were in a weaker division, I would probably have them contenders. But, again, just four games a year against the Cardinals and the Rams is tough. Yeah, I agree with you guys. And, well, Dawson especially. But, to me, Seattle has the oldest superstars in a division full of young superstars. You know, obviously, other than DK Metcalf. But, like, Bobby Wagner's getting up there. They're not young and they're not – improving that much Chris Carson might walk like where do they go at running back after that like so I don't know I plus that division's only getting better the Niners should be good again next year depending on where they go at quarterback as well so yeah I I have them as pretenders all right I'm gonna say something that's probably gonna get a lot of heat if Russell Wilson didn't play for the Seahawks they'd be drafting in the top 10 every year I don't think their team is good they're like you said. They're just not in. It maybe on paper they have a pretty solid roster, but they just every year it just seems that they don't play. Like every year it seems like the offense is on and the defense is off, or the defense is on yeah. and the offense is off. It's like that every year. It wasn't just last year. Uh, now they just let their number one corner Shaquille Griffin walk. Uh, so their defense isn't going to get better unless they find a corner to replace that. I don't know how, what their cap situation is, but. Right now, to me, they're the third best team in that division. We're we're a long way away from the Legion of Boom, and it's sad. Yeah, they're they're the third best team in the division, and that's me saying because Jimmy Garoppolo is the Forty ers quarterback. If they improve that, then to me, then I forgot the Forty ers were there too. Holy then shit. to me, the Seahawks might be the worst team in that division. Yeah, especially if they lose Russ too. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll move on to our last, uh, our last topic of the day, and that's the Baltimore Ravens being contenders or pretenders. Um, the public said, uh, 56% of the public said that they are contenders, and I... Fade in the public. All right, so <laughs> it's the opposite now. So Dawson and, and Shane... I love being on Shane's team. <laughs> Why? Dawson and Shane... You know your shit. <laughs> took pretenders. Myself and Cam took contenders. <clears throat> I literally, it's, I think they're going to win the division. Like, you guys think the Browns are going to win the division? I think Baltimore is going to win the division. Um, I've said it in previous podcasts, when Lamar Jackson is, is playing at his best, he is the most unstoppable player in the NFL. Um, I think they showed last year their defense was disgusting. Um, and they showed last year that they could compete with anyone. Um, they just laid a goose egg in the playoffs, which I guess hurts my argument. But uh, – I think they're a better team than Cleveland. I think they're in the second best division in football. Um, 
And that's why it's just going to, it will hurt their chance. But I also think like, if you come out on top out of the division, like you're, you're, you're looking golden and it's not like you haven't been, you've been breezing through a season, you know? Look, this might get some heat. Um, but I think the Baltimore Ravens are the sixth best team in the AFC. I think the Titans are better than the Ravens. I think the Browns are better than the Ravens. I think the Colts are better than the Ravens. I think the Chiefs are better than the Ravens. And I think the Bills are better than the Ravens. Um, Look, I'm a huge Lamar guy, huge Lamar guy. But they've known for two or three years that they need to get him more help, more weapons, and they just haven't. I don't know why, but they just haven't. So what, what what's leading me to believe that they're going to do it this offseason? Like, they yeah, they're more money, though. They have more money. And they're yeah, but, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, like, like they, I don't know. I, I just I, – I'm banking on – he just won them a fir- their first playoff game. Like, he just solidified himself in Baltimore. Again, the media has roles every year, every offseason. Yeah. Oh, so you think – okay. Everywhere you see Baltimore needs a receiver. Baltimore needs a yeah. receiver. There's a bunch of big-name guys in, in free agency this year. Yeah. Baltimore needs to break the bank, get a receiver for Lamar Jackson, and then I- I'm just banking on the fact that they will get a speedy – you know, like Will Fuller, one of those, like, Mm-hmm. One of those guys who will come in and, and have it like make a huge impact on the game. Yeah. So like, do you think gotta step it up too, but yeah. Do you think the Ravens didn't make a move for a big name receiver because they weren't sure if Lamar was their guy, so they needed to like wait out and see? I'm not necessarily saying that, but I, I think they thought they were fine without yeah the receiver clearly. Yeah. Which I think they thought Marquise Brown was gonna improve. I think that. maybe they thought Lamar Jackson was like more of a passer than yeah. he's turning out to be, if you know what I mean. Like, he, he led the league in touchdowns two years ago, so why get a receiver for him if he's putting up numbers like that? Yeah. And then this year, with, a, with the lack of receivers, it hurt him. So, yeah. now it's time to turn that around. Um, but, yeah, like Matt said, the defense is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And I do think they're just missing, like, the, a young back, J.K. Dobbins coming in. J.K. Dobbins is good. So, they're really – to me, they very possibly be one good receiver away from taking that next step. Like another thing I always say is with, you need a good running game for a playoff push. I think they had the number one run offense in the league this year. I mean, obviously they have Lamar Jackson is running a yeah. lot, but like that, I mean, that's going to help you in the playoffs, I guess. And let's not forget they're trading Orlando Brown too, yeah. which mm-hmm. doesn't, necessarily hurt, doesn't necessarily hurt them because they played pretty well without him. But uh, still going to return a lot, and it's clearing a good amount of cap too. So, to yeah, me, Rondo that Rondo Brown played the whole year. It was Ronnie Stanley that was hurt. Okay, so Orlando Brown's left tackle now. Yeah. Okay, whatever. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. They're, they're losing the tackle. They're gonna, he's going to return a lot, and money picks maybe a player. <clears throat> yeah, I think the AFC is so good that like four, five, six, seven are like a toss up. Or even three, like, like three, four, five, six, seven, or a toss-up. So, I I disagree with you. Well, I agree with that uh, premise, but I I think that the Baltimore's at four. I have the Colts at three as well, mm-hmm. for the record. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. All right. I'm not gonna touch on any hypotheticals that might happen this week. I'm gonna touch on the Ravens roster as they have it right now. They rely too heavily on Lamar Jackson. And it just seems every offseason, they focus too much on the defense and just kind of forget about the offense. I understand defense wins championships, but at a certain point, you have to get 
Like you invested all this time into Lamar Jackson and, and, and put trying to build a team around him, but you're not giving him the main weapon to succeed. Like I, like you're, you're basically saying we're going to run the ball more than 50% of the time. And then we're going to hope our defense holds you to less than 20 points. Like that's to me, that's not a recipe for success. So like I said, I'm not going to touch on the hypotheticals. If they get Kenny Galladay, if they get a Rob or whatever, whatever happens this week happens. But right now, you're asking me this question today. I'm answering with the roster they have. They're a pretender to me. That's all business. All business. That's I why I love having Shane on my just, team. I just don't think, like, Cleveland's defense is so horrible to me right now. It's – it's. Miles Garrett – calls it a career. Huh? Breeze calls it a career. Yeah, I was going to say, we have breaking news. 15 oh, years. 15 years exactly, which is why he waited. This is not goodbye, rather a new beginning. No, it's goodbye. <laughs> Tell that to Matt. Hold I think on, Matt's going to cry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> Let's just take a moment. Oh, man. So, March 14th, 06, he signed with the Saints. March 14th, 2021, he calls it a career. 15 years exactly. So, everyone was like, why was he waiting? Why is he waiting? What's, what's the holdup? He wanted to do it 15 years to the day. Wow. Pretty cool. Listen. To be honest, this is uh, my first. Uh, this is this is for the first athlete of three that I have been scared my entire uh, fan career of these athletes retiring. Breeze, LeBron, Ronaldo. Correct. Okay. This is shocking. Okay, I knew it was gonna happen, but it is shocking. My heart is broken. Breeze, Drew, my buddy. I just want to say, thank you for all you've done. Thank you for making me fall in love with the New Orleans Saints. Thank you for winning a ring down there. Thank oh, you. Reggie Bush was the reason you fell in love with the New Orleans Saints. He's the reason why. Let I started the man talk. Further. Let the man talk. Can you let me talk, please? Reggie Bush is the reason why I started watching the Saints. Drew Brees made me fall in love with the Saints. Drew Brees, thank you for being one of the best pros in all of athletic history. Thank you for being such a great person on and off the field. Thank you for being such a lovable guy that I could cheer for. And thank you for being you. I will hold you in my heart forever. I have you in my okay. list of top three quarterbacks of all time. He kind of is dead in the football world now. No, he's not. I can't wait to see you on, I think it's NBC. I hope you, uh, I hope you enjoy your broadcasting career, and I will be watching those games with a smile on my face, remembering the times with New Orleans. Thank did you, you have that prepared? I did not. That was fantastic. Thank you. All right. On with the show. <sighs> I don't know how I'm going to continue. <laughs> the NBC trivia time. That's all I want to know. It is time for our next segment, and it is a doozy of a segment, and that is NBC trivia. Just a reminder, we are welcoming back this man who's holding up two fingers as our defending, two-time reigning and defending NBC trivia champion. All I got to say, Shaner, is that this week it won't be as easy. I have, I have prepared some very hard questions, and I don't want any, any uh, harsh critics from my boy Cameron for being... Listen, uh, if I get it wrong, I know they're not getting it right. Interesting. It's a, a lot of talk, Shane. Interesting. It's a lot of talk. I backed it up the last two weeks. Let's so go. All right. So as usual, as usual, we will have 
nine questions, three NBA, three NFL, and three NHL questions. Is there any chance we can't end it? We can end it with like NFL? Because like ending it with NHL kind of kills me. Sure. All right. You want to start with NHL? I don't care. I don't care. All right. We'll start with NHL. All right. So the first two questions are about all-time accolades. Okay. So we yeah. know that goals and points, number one on that list is Wayne Gretzky, correct? Yeah. When it comes to total points, who is number two on that list? Five, four, three, two, one. Lift them up. All right. So Shane had – I think Cam's Oscar. got it. Cam got Mario Lemieux and – Dawson had Bob Yor. Oh, Steve Orr. <laughs> Steve Orr. I had these ready in. Hang on. Okay. Shot in the dark. I'm not good at those. All I think time. I think Cam has it. Mm. Correct answer. Is Yar Yager? Oh, I hate Shane so much. There was never a doubt. Ugh. Ugh. Just like that, the defending champion <laughs> takes an early lead. Fuck, why did we start with that each other? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to go on to our second question. Wayne Gretzky has the all-time goals lead. Oh, Who is number two on that list? I don't know this one. This one's wrong, but fine. Five, four, three, two, one. Lift them. Not changing it. Not changing it. Right. I'm not changing my answer. So... Cam had Mario Lemieux, Shane had Hull, and Dawson had the Rocket. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say you guys, all three of you guys got this wrong. Not surprised. This man had a hat trick named after him. I thought it was him, oh, yeah. to be honest. Gordie yeah. Howe is the correct answer with 801 total goals. Yarmir Yager has 1,921 career points for the record. All right. This is one that. Uh, you probably uh, don't know much about. So, oh, great. Uh, when it comes to team, mm-hmm. of any player on the team, okay, which team in the NHL has had the most players win the Hart Trophy? As a reminder, what's the Hart Trophy? MVP. MVP. Mm. When did the Hart tro- – do we know when the Hart Trophy became a thing? No, but it was like super old. Like it's super okay. old. Five, four, three, two, one. That was my guess too, Shane. That was my first guess. So Shane took Edmonton, Cam took Pittsburgh, and Dawson took Montreal. I was going to say Habs too, but I'm not sure. Wow. Ooh, hey, good answer. Fuck you, Shane. Good answer. The correct answer is the Montreal Canadiens with 16. Good answer. And just like that, we're back tied. Respected. Like, there's like a – Dawson, there's a bunch of awards that are named after old Habs. So, you know, the yeah. old, old – Yeah. All right. I, th- I, was, I thought Edmonton was a very good guess, though. Okay. We're going to go on to NBA. First question in NBA. First of all, after the NHL round, uh, Dawson and Shane are tied at one. Cam has zero. NBA, first question. Which team drafted Kobe Bryant? Oh. Five, four, three, two, one. 
I don't know if they were the Hornets, but I know it was Charlotte. Yeah, uh, I wrote Hawks. Damn, that's who I was. All right. It's okay. All right, so Cam took the Hawks. Dawson yeah. and Shane are I knew it was an H team. Charlotte Hornets. Correct answer. And Dawson and Shane pull ahead from Cam. I'm coming back. All right. Question two. Who is the NBA all-time career assists leader? Um, five, four, three. I don't know if this two, just got broken. One. But... Let's go, Dawson. Wow. Steve Nash. Terrible answer. Steve Nash is from Cam. John Stockton from Very Shot in the Dark. And Dawson. It could very well answer. be Jason Kidd, however. Oh, let's go. Is John Stockton with 15,806. Me and Dawson are just going toe to toe. That is a ridiculous number. That's I do, crazy. I do believe that it is safe to say that uh, Cameron is hurting. <clears throat> it's uh, fine. Right. You know what? Technically, you're not mathematically eliminated. Nope. Nothing came for blood today. All right. Listen, last question in the NBA. In terms of right now, who currently holds the worst record in the NBA this season? Oh, no, no. Uh, it's one of two. Yeah. yeah Five, four... Three, two, one. All right. So I, that, it's between these two. It's between yeah, the Austin. took Detroit, Shaner, and I think, it's, I think it's the two. You are, you are correct to say that it is between those two teams, but there can only be one. I think it's Detroit. I'm freaking out. Let's go. I knew it, bro. I knew it. Minnesota. I looked at it right before, too, when I was I looking at the blocks and bold predictions. I knew it. Minnesota Timberwolves are at 8 and 30. I believe the Pistons are at 10 and 28. Could be wrong. I knew it, man. Fuck. Um, Shane got that right. And Cam is on the board. Look at that. Just like that, Shaner pulls ahead, going into the NFL round. All right. I'm stressed. It's getting intense. Who led the league in sacks in 2020 and 2021? Oh, my God. Like I know this one just passed. Where I spelled it wrong. Five. How I spelled it wrong. Four, wrong. Three. If Shane spelled it wrong, then I'm wrong. One. That's. Oh, yeah. Aaron Donald from Dawson, TJ Watt from Cam, and Shaner. The That's correct answer yeah. is TJ Watt. As Shane gets this one, he locks it up. Look at that, Cam. Uh, Cam making a quick, uh, a little comeback to try and uh, try and lock up second place. To be fair, like the first half of this for me, like was guesses. So you know what? I'm okay. happy to be on the board. That's all. So we know that Derrick Henry broke 2K and led the league in rushing yards. Who was second? In rushing yards? Yes, sir. This is a straight shot in the dark. Dawson, please don't get this right. Five, four, three, two, one. All three of you took Dalvin Cook. The correct answer. I was going to say, if all three of us have that, it's got to be right. Uh, and just like that, Shane is the three-time champion. Shaner has won again. Would you guys, Fuck! Like, you yeah. guys like to see my last question? Yes, yeah, I'd yeah, love yeah. to. All right. So, Stefan Diggs led the league in receiving yards. Who was number two? I don't know. Three, two, one. D Hop from 
Shaner, Kelsey from Dawson, and Cam. I just had yeah, I had a K. I just had a K, bro. Sorry, but I was, yeah, it's, it was Travis. But the correct answer I was is. Not it before. That's why. Yeah, I was looking Travis. at this like just before we started. Congratulations to Shaner. He did well. Repeat, Shaner. How many did you get? One, two, three, four, five, six. All right, there you go. I got five. You got one, two, three, four, five. Correct. Cam went on a little four, a four question streak at the end there. Congratulations, uh, Shaner. You hold the crown once again. Thank you. Thank you. I just threw my thing on the ground. The fucking Timberwolves. Oh my God. Yeah. I've had a tiebreaker question for the past two weeks that I've just, has just not been used and I will continue to have it. All right. Now I have to say the questions are, have got better. Well, like this is the like, best week of questions for sure. Like, cause like I, I don't know. I felt like I wanted to give you guys questions you could get. Like some questions, like I just didn't want it to be like no one was getting it right. And there's no. I like a mix of like history and and modern day yeah. stuff. You know, it's cool. I'm gonna be honest. Finding these questions are very hard. <laughs> Sometimes I just kind of have to be like, what did I ask last week? Okay, let me uh, let me ask let the me second ask. place in that question. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We have two segments left, and this segment is everybody's favorite. And it is top five. This week, we do top five favorite football players of all time. We already did favorite NHLers of all time when Press Box Chatter gave us a little visit. And now, it's time for NFL. At number five, Alvin Kamara. I bought his jersey. I fell in love with him ever since he started playing with us. Honestly, he's just going to be one of my favorite players going on through his career. I hope he decides to stay in New Orleans. I mean, they just locked him up long-term, so that's good. Number four, kind of off the board here. So I have three Saints. Number four is not a Saint. It's Percy Harvin. I was a big fan of this man growing up. I thought he was electric. Seeing him return was almost as electric as seeing Devin Hester return, but no one really compares to him. So we're going to leave him out of that conversation. But Percy Harvin was a great receiver as well. I'm a big receiver guy. So that's why he's on my list at number four. Number three, Reggie Bush, the first, my first favorite player ever. The reason why I started liking the Saints is because Reggie Bush got drafted by the Saints, and I watched Reggie Bush at USC, who was maybe the most electrifying college football player of all time, maybe. But uh, number three, Reggie Bush. Number two, Calvin Johnson, my favorite receiver of all time. I will say it every time we talk about him. I was shocked, disappointed when he retired. And I will never forgive him. I always wanted to see him succeed in this NFL. And I don't want anyone ever to compare anyone to him until I see three people on press coverage against him. That picture of the Saints going triple coverage on Calvin Johnson is just amazing. I know it was the Saints, and damn, but like Calvin Johnson's that dude, man. He made so many catches in the end zone. Uh, like with like three guys draped all over him. It was ridiculous. Number one. I just had a great farewell speech about him, but Drew Brees, one of the greatest pros I've ever witnessed, my favorite player of all time, and it was easy. I like it. Any honorable mentions? Randy Moss. Oh, was wow. another one. Randy Moss, I loved Randy Moss. He was hilarious. I loved watching Randy Moss play. Ocho. Ocho was not on my honorable mentions, but he's definitely up there. I'm trying to think. I feel like I had another one. If I remember, I'll okay. tell you guys. I'm going to start mine off with an honorable mention, actually. Honorable mention to Andrew Luck. 
I've never hated and loved someone so much at the same time. Like, fuck, you, you broke my heart, dude. You broke my heart. At number five, like Matt on his list, I have Calvin Johnson. There has never been a player more exciting to watch, in my opinion, at the receiver position than Calvin Johnson. He was extremely dominant. For all my individuals who play Madden Ultimate Team, 99 overall Calvin Johnson, pretty much unstoppable. Number four, the first Colt on my list, my favorite receiver, well, my favorite Colt of all, uh, Colt receiver of all time, Reggie Wayne. Love the man, great pro. Nothing more to say. Just absolutely love the man. Number three, shout out to my boy Shane. I actually asked him a question about him earlier, and that's Tiki Barber, another one who left us too soon. I don't know what it was about him. Loved watching him play when I was young. I read his book. He wrote a kid's book, which was amazing. I was literally talking about this with Shaner literally like two days ago. Do I have it here? It's I have called it Kickoff. Yeah. Him and his brother, Ronde Barber, wrote a book about it's their childhood. Great book. Wonderful book. Great book. I also I've have read his... that book like 20 times. <laughs> yeah, me too. I read it so many times. So many times. I also have his autobiography on my shelf right there. Uh, so Shane, if you ever want to read it, uh, you know where to get a copy. And uh, yeah, so he's number three on my list. Number two on my list, my favorite receiver of all time, not talent-wise, although he was extremely talented, is Mr. Steve Smith. Carolina oh. Panthers, Steve Smith, ice up, son. Come on. Amazing. And then number one, I think you guys can all guess it, the sheriff, Mr. Peyton Manning. Not more to say. He's the reason I fell in love with football. He was a very good pro as well. Absolutely. And so funny. He's hilarious. So funny. Hilarious. Second funniest cold of all time. Pat McAfee. Yeah. Yeah. I'll start with the honorable mentions as well. Mike Vick, man. That's who it was. What a guy. What a guy. But a little bit too controversial to have in my top five of all time. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so what a guy. Many people who, there's, there's many people who haven't let go of what he did. So what you say? I, said, I wouldn't say <laughs> what a guy. I'd say what a football player. <laughs> He's, look, now, like, okay, yeah, what a guy maybe 15 years ago. No, yeah. I know, I know. I'm just joking. Now he's, I know, but I'm just saying there's too many people that he's still catching flack from for something they yeah. did 20, almost 20 years ago. So quick story, actually. When I was a kid, I went to the Reebok store once, and this is when Reebok had the license for NFL jerseys. And it was right after all of this, and I went to the store, and as I was at the store, they're taking all the Mike Vick jerseys off the shelf because they couldn't sell them. They had to literally throw them out. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, can I have one? And they just gave me a Mike Vick jersey. That's sick. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. But yeah, no, I loved him when he came to Philadelphia, but he's staying off my top five for the obvious, like, shit that he went through. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Moss as well. Um, and all the Eagles greats that I didn't get to see. But at five, I have Ocho, man. To me, like, just... Hilarious when he was in the league. He's still hilarious. He's on a great podcast with Brandon Marshall and, and a couple other guys as well. It's sick. Um, but, yeah, just he, he was just fun to watch. He, like, just great character. So, yeah, he's making my list. Um, at four, I know you guys are going to hate this, but Tom Brady. As a, as a quarterback, like, when I was younger, always that, that's just one guy that I always look up to. Can I, can I just say something? I remember one of my honorable mentions. It's Eli Manning for beating him twice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just that's a guy I looked up to when I was a kid. So he's there yeah, for me. Especially, yeah, especially as a quarterback, I get that. Yeah, no, for sure. And then at number three, I have Arian Foster. 
Bro, I was going to put him on my list. I, I don't know what it is, but everyone you talk to that has, like, all people our age who watch football since we were young, all love Arian Foster. Arian Foster and Matt Forte. Oh, Matt Forte, too. But it was disgusting. Yeah. Just, he, he was electrifying to watch. Honestly, he could run you over. He could, he could break your ankles. So, I always loved watching him play. Getting into the Eagles guys here. At number two, I have Deshaun Jackson. First jersey I ever owned. Absolute beauty. Loved it. Constant deep threat, even at almost 40 years old now. So, love that guy. And at number one, I have LaShawn McCoy. Shady. My dog. Always loved that guy. He was the heart of the Eagles for a long time. So, I'm riding with him. My favorite player of all time. Quick shout out to my two favorite Eagles. Uh, Donovan McNabb and Brian Westbrook. Uh, Brian Westbrook, I, I, I will never forget that guy. Oh, my God. That was a problem. I'm surprised you didn't honorably mention my, your boy Carson Wentz. Dawson, your favorite Eagle of all time should be Carson Wentz. It's too yeah, facts. <laughs> no, that's all. A little too early. The, the wound is still fresh. Yeah, I feel you. You're telling me my favorite player of all time just retired during this podcast. <laughs> that's our clip of the week, by the way. 100%. 100%. All right. Honorable mention goes out to the fingerless wonder, JPP. Great man. I'll never forget that trade. I cried. I'm not going to lie. At five, I got Bam Bam Cam Chancellor. Wow. The way this man used to hit people was electrifying. I loved – I used to watch Cam Chancellor's highlight tape once a day and twice before football games. At four, not a lot of people know this guy. Well, my boy from Florida, Dante Fowler Jr. Loved watching him at Florida. He's a big reason why I love Florida. Uh, he, he hasn't really panned out, I'm not going to lie. He was the third overall pick. Not really living up to the expectations, but we're getting there. At three, my favorite giant of all time, my boy, Salsa, Victor Cruz. Oh, man, was he ever electrifying. I don't know where this man came from. A little undrafted free agent. He's... Tore up New York. I feel like he was the first player to like, like own a celebration. Yeah, you know the salsa. Like, like obviously when Gronk <clears throat> came around, like he, like I, mean, I feel like the spike was already around. Like he, I mean, he started to own it, like the Gronk spike or whatever. Yeah. But like, I feel like Victor Cruz came. Like everyone knew what he was gonna do when he scored. Like you yeah. know, like even Deion Sanders, bro. Deion Sanders. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But that was only when he was like super. And, the score. I guess and Ladanian was up there. What'd you say, sorry? And LT, though. LT yeah, had a celebration. At two. My boy, who y'all said was a bold prediction this week, is not a bold prediction. Cam Newton, give my guy his respect. He's earned it. He just had one bad year because of injuries. He earned his respect in this league. I don't want to hear you ever put the words him leading a team to the playoffs as a bold prediction again. <laughs> At one. After this year, it's fucking bold. <laughs> Not really. They finished what seven and nine and almost made the playoffs. I think they almost made the playoffs. I don't think they almost made the playoffs. I think they were. I think they got Miami was ten and six. And the, yeah, the Colts almost. almost, almost I, I think they were only mathematically eliminated <clears throat> in week sixteen. I would fact check. I have to fact check. I don't think your math adds up, Chief. I might have to fact check it, but I'm pretty sure it was late in the year when they got eliminated. Number one. The man with the greatest interview of all time, outside his house, doing sit-ups. Terrell Owens. I thought you were going to say Richard Sherman. Absolutely not. Terrell Owens, 
Love that guy. I don't know why he played for the Cowboys and the Eagles. Not quite sure why he's on my list. Number one. He's always been number one. Will always be number one. Right where he belongs. Get your popcorn ready. I just have a really funny comment to add just quickly. When Shane said that he watched Cam Chancellor's highlight tape once a day and twice when we used to watch football. So as you guys know, I'm a big dude. I played O-line, D-line. But for some reason, I would watch Tavon Austin's highlight tape as if that would inspire me to do something, like Anthony return Thomas a kickoff or some shit. Oh, it was <laughs> Tavon Austin so and Anthony Thomas. Yeah, Anthony yeah. Thomas, the Oregon clip of Matt. But, but yeah, if you're a receiver or something, I get watching it. But like, I played O-line and I'm watching Tavon Austin house kicks like as motivation. I'm sorry, there's <laughs> nothing like appealing or or like, what's it called? Like uh, energizing about watching a guy throw the ball, so... I think it's fair that we all watch, like, the most electrifying yeah. players, you know. No, for sure, for sure. Like, it's like, even if you're on offense, you're going to watch big hits to get you hyped up, you know, like. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Anyways, that was a good top five, you know. It wasn't really controversial because it was all, all our own opinion. It was a lot of nostalgia brought to NBC. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go on to our last segment, the segment that we end every single week with. That is our lock of the week in terms of betting. So this week I was the odd man out and my lock hurt Juventus somehow lost that, uh, lost that game. Let me tell you, that was the most, they didn't lose that game. They lost, they lost the on aggregate. They were down one, nothing. Okay. They needed to score twice to get it to go to extra time. A guy on Porto gets a yellow card for a slide tackle, okay? Two minutes later, Juventus gets called for a foul. And this guy was running up the field with the ball, and he got pissed. And he decided to smash the ball, like kick the ball as far as he could. Like if you kick the ball like away out of frustration, it's an automatic yellow card. So this guy gets a second yellow and goes off with a red card, correct? Right away, Juventus scores twice, and then they send it to extra time. They were, I think they were, they were up 2-1 in that game in like the 66th minute. They had 24 minutes with 11 versus 10, 10 men to win that game. Then they went to extra time. And some way, somehow, let in a goal <laughs> and lost the tie. I've, ne- I've never had such a whirlwind of an experience watching a Champions League game. Shaner was there. I was just screaming every two seconds. Bro, I was just trying to make food, and this man was screaming. I, I just, I don't understand. Anyway, my lock misses, which it inevitably will. I guarantee you guys, I will have a full game recap down to the like. Details, okay, <laughs> I promise. I promise. Right. My lock of the week this week is that Thursday, March eighteenth, the Lakers will beat the Charlotte Hornets. I like that one. So my lock hit last week. Me and Cam had to sweat out our locks. I'll let him talk about it a little bit, but we had to sweat out our locks to go three and one uh, and carry Matt this week. But my lock this week comes on Wednesday, March seventeenth. Sticking with hockey, and I have the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, we have a lock unity. Lock, lock unity. unity. Let's go. The Vegas Golden Knights beating the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I'm with you there. No doubt about it. Lock it up. Hopefully no overtime this time, though. Yeah. But I did not enjoy watching it. I couldn't even find it on TV, and I didn't feel like looking for a stream, so I was updating on the score app. Yeah. Like, just waiting for it. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the Tampa, like, tied in the third, and I was like, okay, 
and it went to overtime and the, like the clock was slowly going down and I was like, oh, and I ended up winning. So thank God. But yeah, I got Vegas on Wednesday as well. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, I am extremely hot right now. Three for three. Always hot, this guy's hot in his locks. Always this guy's hot. hot in trivia. This guy's just on freaking this guy's hot in real life. Absolutely. So the point of lock of the week is to make some money. I didn't hear what Dawson just said. <laughs> said I said hot you're hot in real life. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Point of lock of the week is to win some money. And I'm the guy that you should be riding with because I'm the guy that keeps carrying this team. I don't, we are filming on Sunday this week instead of Monday. So I don't know what the bracket looks like yet, but Baylor will win their first game. I don't care who they're playing. Baylor, lock of the week, book it. They have a play-in team right now as we speak. There you go. They're going to beat them. I don't like care it. who they play. They can play Gonzaga. My lock of the week is Baylor. Whoa. You like Baylor that much? I do. It I do. looks like it's going to be – oh. Oral Roberts, that's who I have right now as a 16 in that. No idea. Doesn't it only start at 6? Doesn't Selection Sunday only start in 15 minutes? Yeah, but the the guys who, like, like put it out basically have it. They they get it, like, down to one or two teams every year pretty much. Okay. Okay. Anyways, that does it. Let's go four for four this week, boys. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. let's go. Let's go. It's enough. All All right. Listen, that does it. For episode 14 of the Nothing But Controversy podcast, once again, quick reminder, we post every Tuesday at 5 on Spotify, Apple Music, and if you'd like to see the entire uh, YouTube visual with our reactions and our papers when we play games on the podcast, go to YouTube at Nothing But Controversy. Go follow us on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, stuff like that at Nothing But Controversy. And if you'd like a link to all of those links, go click that link in our bio on Instagram. Thank you and have yourself a wonderful week. Love you all.